0: Hard and soul. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to you. I am Reverend Sonia Russell. Uh, I am born of Paulette, who was born of Geraldine, who was born of Annie May, who was born of Cornelius. And I am grateful to be here coming from a long line of beautiful and powerful women. and It's Mother's Day, it's a beautiful day. I'm very, very grateful. No need to adjust your television, it's me right here. Um, I am so grateful um, to Reverend Dr. Andriette and her trust and her grace and the opportunity I have to be here presenting before you. Um, It matters and it is not lost on me that this has been a long journey. Um, I graduated officially ministerial school last year. Yes, yay um, and continue to do the work, continue to show up, continue. It, you know, it's not over, like it's still like the nonstop sort of learning and growing and all of those things, um, are underway and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. So, um, I want to make sure though that I start with, uh, an acknowledgement about Mother's Day. I love Mother's Day. I have a beautiful, loving relationship with my mother. She helps make my life possible, um, and I'm grateful for that. And, um, Mother's Day is not easy for everybody, right? Like, we're complicated. Human beings in general are super complicated. Life is kind of complicated. People are people-y, you know, even mothers, right? (laughs) Um, And so I know that not everybody has what feels like a positive and loving relationship with their mother. Not everybody feels like they were nurtured and supported by their mother. And I just want to make space for that, right? Like that's okay too, right? Like we're still here. And no matter the relationship, every single person, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, was born of a mother, right? Like whatever relationship you have with her um, presently, um, the gratitude for the fact that you were absolutely here on the planet drawing breath, there's an opportunity to give thanks to a mother, right? And so we wanna make sure that we stand in that um, and then acknowledge that, woo, Child, it can be a lot, right? Relationships can be a lot, mothers can be a lot. There's all the things I know I'm a lot, I'm a mother, and I know my daughter would say that I'm a lot, right? (laughs) So, I just want to make sure that we just lean into um, making some space for that. And, um, and I really want to talk about as a mother expectancy, right? And that's kind of where we're going to lean a little bit today is expectancy Um, because. it's an expectant mother, right? There's a whole term for it. There's something that we are expecting to be birthed, birthing, right? And that's happening for everybody, not just mothers. I don't want the fellas to get lost in this idea, right? We're all birthing something. And spoiler alert, it's our lives, right? Like our lives. And now this is our great opportunity to mother ourselves, to have a nurturing, supportive, loving relationship with ourselves and with our own lives, Right? And so I actually want to start with a little bit of history of Mother's Day, um, because I know that I, most of the time growing up, believed that Mother's Day was just a, an invention of Hallmark, right? Like it seems like another one of those things that they were commercializing and capitalizing on. Um, but it actually uh, started, the Greeks and the Romans used to have a mothering Sunday um, that they used to do that was very Christian-based, but before the Civil War, Ann Reeves Jarvis of West Virginia, she started Mother's Day work clubs to teach local women how to properly care for their children. Like, that's the village right there, right? Like, somebody (coughs) came forward and was like, oh, we need some support. Like, I don't know what I'm doing out here, but I could use some support, right? And so let's come together and let's figure out how to make this thing happen, right? Um, And... In that, she organized a Mother's Friendship Day um, that was part of the Union and Confederate Soldiers to promote reconciliation, right? So that's mothers doing healing work, right? Coming together, you know, unifying people, uh, bringing them together. And then another woman in 1870, a woman named Julia Ward Howe, wrote the Mother's Day Proclamation. And it was a call to action that asked mothers to unite in promoting world peace. Right. So again, asking mothers to step into this knowing this opportunity to bring people together, right, to nurture relationships, to allow us to show up as our best selves. Right. So all of that happening within kind of the understanding of motherhood and divine mothering and the official Mother's Day. So Anne Reeves Jarvis has a daughter, Anna Jarvis. And following her mother's death, she conceived Mother's Day as a way to honor the sacrifices that mothers made for their children. Now, let's be clear. We don't make those sacrifices for the acknowledgement, but man, it's good to get some acknowledgement, right? (laughs) You know, that's not the reason we're doing it, but it matters to have that presence. And so for her, it was a way of honoring her mother for all of the things that she had done and all the things that mothers in general uh, do in the world. And then it was in 19... 14 when President Woodrow Wilson um, proclaimed second Sundays as Mother's Day. It was the official proclamation um, and I think it a, was a great opportunity for us to take time to honor mothers, right? To honor all of the work that I mean Politically women are we're going through a whole lot, right? Like right there's a lot happening in the world with rights in the world with just standing up and protecting our babies especially if they're black and brown, there's something to be said about just taking the time to honor mothers, right? To honor the work that they're doing, to honor the sacrifices, to honor the love, to honor the support that are so consistently given, right? Um, and if you don't, like I said, if you don't have the, your birth mother, there are women, there are aunties, there are godmamas, there are cousins, there are women that can show up in your life and provide that nurturing support. And we just, I feel like today is just a day to honor that in whatever form, in whatever way it's come, in whatever way you have been loved and nurtured and supported. That's the way to honor Mother's Day, right? Yeah. So as we're anchoring into this idea of expectancy, um, the idea of trusting and believing and remembering uh, that there is a power greater than us in the world, right? We're, We're leaning into, especially here at Heart and Soul, we're all about focusing on what we want to see, right? CSL, a world that works for everyone, being clear in its intention and in its mission, right? And so we're talking about expecting things to work out, expecting that which we birth to succeed, expecting that which we are nurturing and loving and giving our attention to, to do well, right? And whether that's a child, whether that's a project, whether that's your whole life, right? Or you want to to lean into that. Um, The practitioners for our theme, uh, for our focused prayer principles and practice, um, the theme is expectancy. And that affirmation, I fill my thought with the idea of faith, the expectancy of good and the realization of plenty is real, right? Like who doesn't want to expect the great, right? We expect miracles, right? We expect our lives to show up fully and magnificently, but there's some work that goes into that, Right, motherhood, we're expecting this beautiful birth and we're so excited about it. And there was a lot of work, like pregnancy was, was not my favorite thing. I'm just gonna be honest about that. But the birth of my child is the best thing that's ever happened in my whole life, right? And so there's something about expecting, getting through what seems like could be a mess or could be chaos and being in the expectancy of what you want, the dream, right? Like that goal, that bigger purpose. Um, And so I want to tag way back. We've been using this James Baldwin quote for a long time, um, and I feel like it really helps us lean into this idea that any real change implies the breakup of the world as one has always known it, the loss of all that gave one identity and the end of safety. Right? I was well into my life when I gave birth. I fully orbed as far as I was concerned, right? Like I was doing the thing and then giving birth absolutely blew up my whole life. It just blew everything that I was planning, everything that I was doing was completely changed at that point. Um, And I'm grateful for that, right? I look back and it was fantastic. Now, well, that's not true. When I was there, it was a mess. (laughs) When I was there, it was a mess. When I look back on it, I realize all of the things that it was coming to teach me, right? All of the growth that was coming out of my life, all of the transformation that I was leaning into. Um, And when I became a mother, I had to go and apologize to all my friends because I knew everything about mothering until I became a mother. And then I realized (laughs) that I didn't know nothing at all. I didn't, I didn't have a clue, I needed to have stayed in my lane, like all of the things were there. And quite frankly, now I'm not sure <laughs> how much more I really know, although what I do know is that I have a deep intention, right, like I have a deep expectancy of success, of my daughter's success, of the success of our lives, um, and the success of the community, right, the people I associate myself with, the people that I love and care for, there's an expectation of success. And I feel like I'm part of that birth, right? I'm part of that nurturing. I'm part of that that birth team, as it were, right? To to make the whole thing happen. Um, And like I was saying, this is an opportunity to mother our own lives, right? Especially if we had a hard time coming up. Especially if there's relationships that are fractured with our mothers. This is a time for us to nurture ourselves. Give ourselves the love we didn't have, right? Give ourselves the attention that we needed. Right. And that's everybody's opportunity. Right. You don't have to be a mother. You don't ever have to have given birth for that to be true. Right. This is what you get to get to lean into. Um, You know, Michelle Obama says that being a mother has been a masterclass in letting go. Right. And so you figure out how you're going to have all these great expectations and these deep and powerful intentions. And then you got to let it go. Right, you sort of set the stage and then you take your hands off it, which is not, I'm, I'm saying it because I'm reading it by Michelle Obama, not because I've mastered it by any way or in any means, right? Like there's still all of the work and all of the intention and of the constant sort of looking and nudging and correcting that goes along with also letting go, which is like the, feels like the oxymoron, right? Like how am I nurturing and supporting and also letting go? I don't know, let's see. Because <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still working on it myself, right? I'm still working on the intention myself. So, you know, Ernest Holmes says that within us is the unborn possibility of limitless experience. Ours is the privilege of giving birth to it. So it's a privilege to spend time nurturing our lives, to spend time figuring out what we want and how we want it to be and how we intend for it to unfold. Right? and we, But we've got to put the parameters. We've got to build it. We've got to set intentions. Um, I remember a few years ago, I set some intentions. I don't even remember what they were at this point. But I was all in the, I'm not doing resolutions no more. I'm going to do an intention because resolutions don't work. And I was trying to ground myself in that. And I set these intentions. And I, I made my little list. And not a single thing happened by the end of that year. Like I failed every single thing I had written down. Like None of it worked out. And then I looked back and it was because I didn't do nothing about it, right? Like I I wrote a list, that was all I did, right? Like I didn't didn't spend any time nurturing, (laughs) I did the list, you know, that should have been enough for my whole life to just unfold. Um, And and y'all know that's not right, right? Like I feel like everybody (laughs) in here is of an age to know that that don't really work like that, right? Like there has to be, like the the need to nurture is real, right, like the need to spend time um, clarifying the vision, or um, massaging the vision, or being open to the possibilities, con- you know, possibility consciousness building, uh, being open to coincidence, right? That's God's way of staying anonymous, right? Yeah. It's coincidence, right? Things just open up to you. And they're, all of those things have to be present with the thing in mind. So it's not just that we create this thing, and then we just leave it and expect that it's going to manifest. Right? One of the things we're doing as part of our leadership at Heart and Soul is that we did a great retreat and visioning at the start of the year, and now every month we have a session time where we revisit that vision, where we check in about it, we spend time nurturing it, loving it, talking about it, putting some, you know, our focus on it so that it can actually grow, it can actually manifest, it can actually come to be, right? Just like planting a seed. It'll grow. Something will grow. Sure but is it going to be the thing you wanted? Is it going to be the thing you expected? Is it going to be the beautiful flower or the beautiful lush green plant that you were expecting without the attention, right? Without the water, without the sunlight, without making sure, you know, no weeds are growing in there, right? Like just making sure that you're tending to it. And that's what we have to do with our lives. We have to tend to it, right? We have to make sure that we're being present to it, And we have to kind of treat it like a newborn, right? Any of those things, like there has to be that extra loving care, right? You have to baby proof stuff. You have to like make sure that it's gonna make it, right? And then again, you have to take your hands off it, right? Like it's it's an interesting dichotomy to be working in this life, right? To be working at trusting like that deep, profound, both feet grounded trust. And, but I'm gonna take my hands off it so that that trust can unfold. In perfect ways, that trust can manifest itself in perfect ways. Um, and then we think about birth of whatever the thing is, right? As you know, Rev's been talking about this inciting incident, right, in our path forward. It, at this incident, this birth, this idea of a project or a purpose that you're being called into is the incident. And then we get to decide which direction we're gonna go. We get to decide, are we going to be victimized by it? Like just woe out and just can't, can't work it out, right? There's a whole part of the first few, probably weeks of motherhood for me, that were, I was just woe out, thank God for my own mother, because I was woe out by this little person who suddenly needed all my attention, right? Um, but then there was the opportunity to really actually respond and to lean into what, what was my intention, right? Like what do I want to see? What do I hope is going to be the biggest vision for her? I know that my vision was to make sure that I passed down as little baggage as possible, right? Like, how can I make sure that I get my life together so that she can live her best life, right? She can lean into that best life. But that's all the planning, that's all the working, that's all the nurturing, not only of her but of myself, of my own life, right? Regardless of what else is happening, I've got to spend the time doing that nurturing we need mother's clubs, right? Like like Anna Jarvis was saying, that's what the communities are for. Like I lean heavily on my village. I got the village of folks from when my daughter was in preschool and then I got the elementary school group. I got the folks that I was close to since high school and all of them are designed to support that nurturing, that loving, that living, not only my best life, but the best life of those things that I'm trying to grow, right, of those ideas, those projects, those people that I'm, that I'm trying to go excuse me, grow. Um, and so we know that birth is just the beginning on the adventure in faith, right? Because that's really what it is. We know that it is an adventure in faith and we are trusting, beyond trusting, beyond trusting <laughs> that things are going to unfold uh, in that perfect order. Um, and there's a, the divine opportunity to lean into that best life, to lean into what we know, to lean into all of the practices and the ideas that we have um, about it. Um, and... Then we get to the point where I'm like, but how, right? Like I have all these big ideas and I have all these clear intentions, but how am I gonna make it work? Life, Life's really hard, right? And so I'm like, I'm trying to deal with me and then I'm trying to deal with my business and then I try to build relationships and my daughter and my church community and all of the things, right? So how, like what's, what's the way, right? We feel like trusting, right? Trusting divine guidance is one of the ways. Coming to church and being in community is one of the ways. Um, I know that being about your spiritual practice is one of the ways. Um, we are currently reading Guidance for a Spiritual Journey by Dr. Daniel Lee Morgan. Yes, and he he is he is bad. He is a bad mamma jamma, I'm going to say. Um, from today's reading, he is talking about... Um, the blueprint for progress is very much like a recipe for successful service, right? We have to be zealous, be wise, be faithful, be strong, be fervent, be winning, be fearless, right? Like we have to be willing to lean into our lives, right, and be about it. Like this, yes, this is, this is what I'm doing, right? Oh, but then also I'm taking my hands off it so that God can make sure that it's unfolding in perfect order. But in that, there's the expectancy. We have to expect that God's going to, it's not we taking our hands off it and just wonder what's going to happen. We take our hands off it knowing, trusting, believing that God is helping us, right, unfold it, is helping us um, nurture and support it. Um, and so Dr. Dan, a couple days ago on May 12th, was talking about a recipe for a full life. Um, and it was so good to me that I was like, oh, this is, this is part of that how, right? This is, this is part of how we get to. Most of us want and need at least a successful job or career, and I'm gonna put like a little asterisk on that, a, a, let's say successful purpose, right? A successful calling in life, right? A good family life, a reasonable financial security, we expect that from life and we know deep inside that we deserve our fair share, and we have every right to attain it. That's expectancy, right? Like, we expect. I'm living a life that is for me, right? That is designed with my best good in mind, right? Life is on our side, no matter what it looks like. I know it looks like life be life in and doing its thing. There's absolutely, if we can go, if we can find the fortitude to go into it with a oh, there's something to be learned here. There's something for me here. Like get, if it's a mess, find, like look for it, find it quick and then get out of there, right? Like that's the goal. Like if it's a big hot mess, it's yours to try to find it and then get yourself out of there, get moving, right? Um, I wanna go on though, he says that, uh, but nothing you hear or read once is permanent, right? Like I say that you can't do one sit up and have a six pack, right? Like you can't do one push up and get, Angela Bassett arms right like that's just not that's not a thing that we can do Um, but we have the opportunity to be in the practice we have the opportunity and that's where we're living our lives right I spent a lot of time being worn out by this idea that my life was a workshop all the time like every day like I gotta learn a lesson today right like it just it feels like so so much right but the answer is yep right And the good news is is that sometimes that lesson is joy, that sometimes that lesson is that I get to be at peace, right? That I get to love and care for myself. Sometimes that lesson is ease and grace. And how do I accept that? How do I allow that to be manifest in my life, right? And sometimes it's a big, hot mess that needs support and you need help and you need to pull your mother's clubs together and you need to pray and you need to be about that spiritual practice. But Dr. Dan is talking about reinforcing that practice. So, he's talking about this recipe, which I love a good recipe. All the the mamas in here, I'm sure you know, you love a good recipe if it's gonna bring some ease, right? If it's gonna bring some flow to what you're trying to do. So, he says number one is have an unswerving faith in a God who cares. We gotta believe that it's for us, y'all. We gotta believe that. We have to stand trusting, knowing, remembering. Like ground it, ground ourselves in it. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it looks like, you have to say, "Oh, that, oh, that looks like chaos and mess." But really, that is my next highest expression being born. Right? That really is what's coming out of this. Um, then we got to develop the consciousness of available power from beyond ourselves. Right? We've got to reach out. We've got to know that God is there. We've got to know our community is there. We've got to know our family and our friends are there. We've got to know that principle is there, right? That we can lean into a scripture. We can lean into an affirmation. We can lean into a song, right? Something beyond ourselves that can bring us back to being grounded. It's available all around us. We all got toolboxes. Half the time, we just got to remember to open them, right? Let me speak for myself. I got to remember to open it (laughs) and know that I have the available resources, right? Because they're there all around me. Um, That's why I got affirmations on the windows and on the walls and on the, I got books on my phone and it's all, it's all right there. And the idea is that we got to remember to lean into that. We have to commit to the practice of prayer, meditation and treatment as a means of communion with the eternal spirit. Pray. The first thing, the, the wake up in the morning before you're fully conscious. Thank you, God. That's the, the first prayer, right? That I woke up this morning Look, I'm conscious this morning. I I just drew a breath. Thank you. And if we can get into a habit of our lives of being about that prayer, being about that repetition, being about that consistent trust, that's how it shows up in our lives. It's returned, right? It's a reciprocal universe. It's always circulating. We're putting in the trust, the trust, and the demonstration of that trust is coming back to us. We have to believe in a criterion of judgment higher than humans. Because, ooh, we got opinions, <laughs> we've got ideas, we've got trauma, right? We've got, we've got other people's trauma that we don't even know we're carrying, right? We've got ancestral trauma that is all in our cells, in our DNA, right? So we have to remember that what, what man is doing, what woman is doing, what they, them, us is doing, we have to know that there's something beyond that, right? That there has a higher vision of that, that there's a bigger picture you know, that is for our good, right And that man, humans, are not the ones who get to decide. right? Because in Sonia's little world, there's a whole lot of stuff <laughs> that probably wouldn't be happening that I know for sure wouldn't be the benefit, best benefit for everybody. right Because for at the end of the day, we're all kind of looking out for ourselves, not necessarily maliciously, but that's where we are, right? That's what we have the capacity to do. And so we've got to make sure that there's something higher. We have to trust that there's something that's actually looking out for all of us simultaneously and unconditionally, right? And we have to have confidence in the reality of forgiveness. We could all just take a really big deep breath on that one, right? Just there's so much to be forgiven, right? There's, and it all starts with ourselves. I know it starts with me whatever thing I didn't succeed at, whatever intention I set that I didn't make, whatever idea I had that didn't work out, whatever thing I thought I was doing that was nurturing that turned out to not be helpful at all, right? All of those things. And then I gotta forgive all the people who were doing the same thing, right? Who are just, were just trying to live our lives, right? It's a big undertaking for us to all be out here walking and talking and moving and grooving in a, in a life right we're all raised in in these silos at our homes or unhoused however we're raised and then we all put ourselves together and expect us to get along right we don't we don't always have the the resources or the instructions or the recipe and we're all just put together and thinking you know it'll work out right living in a diverse community is hard right it's hard work but it's worthy work right it's it's work that will expand our lives it's work that's innovative and creative, bringing people together from different cultures and different ideas, right? It's what changes the world. And so we have to be able to get past all of the things that we perceive as our toes being stepped on, all of those things we perceive as um, the microaggressions. Now some of the microaggressions are real, don't get me wrong, right? But those still need to be forgiven too, right? Like that's what what we're working towards, right? And then we have to have total faith is the internal significance of life as headed toward a purposeful goal. We have to expect that the goodness of the infinite is for us, right? And that we're headed towards it, every single one of us, no matter what it looks like. We're each headed towards that perfect, purposeful goal. And our good looks good on some days, and it looks like a mess on other days, and all of that is okay, and we're still headed for us. We're still headed for it. We're still expecting it to work out in fa- our favor. We're expecting life to work out in our favor. And it's beautiful when it does, right? It's beautiful when we get a praise report about how amazing things are unfolding. We spend so much time focused on the things that aren't worked at, working out, right? The little nitty gritty details, the things we pretend that we're not complaining because we say it as a joke. It's still a complaint, right? <laughs> it's, it's still a complaint, right? But we're trying to lean into that, right? We're trying to put that down so that we can see the beauty and the power and the joy that's being manifest in front of us all the time. And we're expecting that. We remember that it always works out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end, right? We're always leaning into that. We're always leaning into that. W.E.B. Dubois, in today's reading from Dr. Dan, says, believe in life. Always human beings, we live in progress to greater, broader, and fuller life. This is our opportunity to be faithful. This is our opportunity to expect that the goodness of God is right at hand, like right here, like closer than our very breath is what we say, right? It's right here. We, ex- we can expect great things of ourselves, of each other, of this life.